0: This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play. 13 seconds left. Coleman looking to grab it. Dano trying to center it. Knocking it away. Yadigord. He clears it. He clears it. I don't think this is going to be an icing. No. Three seconds left. Petrie a final shot. The Lightning have done it. They have done it. They They have gone back to back for the second year in a row. They have won the Stanley Cup.
1: They have, looking to three-peats. Preseason schedule is out. Can you believe it? I can't. I'm still trying to get over what happened this year. But now we've got the 2021 preseason schedule released. The Lightning will be playing seven games, including three at Amelie. And one will be played in Orlando at Amway Center. It'll be on October 5th. It goes all the way to October 9th. And they end the preseason schedule with three games against the Florida Panthers. Why not? I am Greg Linnelli, along with Dave Mishkin, Steve Ersnick producing. Barkley Goodrow looks like he's going to sign for a decent deal. We'll tell you about that. We've got a lot of questions to get to. And, Dave, a lot of things to look at when it comes to the league as we look ahead to tomorrow, which is going to be a big day, and hoping to have Ross Colton on as well.
0: Yeah. So, Well, Greg, I do want to start the show correcting something I said yesterday, and and we know that we all make mistakes and I made a mistake yesterday. So I just want to correct that. And that is relating to the seventh round pick the Lightning got in the Barkley Goodrow trade. It is a 2022 seventh round pick. So when I was talking about yesterday, the Lightning having four seventh round picks, they still have three seventh round picks in this draft. But they add a seventh round pick for next summer's draft. I'm surprised. Not that 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 was like earth breaking, earth shattering news, right? Come on, David. Damn <laughs> I'm not, it. not on the level of Elliot picks. Friedman. <laughs> I'm breaking my own news. I'm breaking my own mistake. But uh, uh, but I, I I looked it up yesterday. I said, wasn't it this summer? I'm like mm, 2022. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of good it happens. Speaking of Goodrow. Yeah, much more interesting news about Goodrow. Than, looks like he's going to sign. Than what year the draft pick was the Lightning yeah. got back in return.
1: Looks like the Rangers certainly wanted to keep him long-term. We had heard, Dave, it was it was going to be a long-term deal. It looks like reports surfacing, and I say that loosely, reports surfacing. What, six years? 3.6 mil per year for Goodrow.
0: Those are the reports. That's pretty impressive. Well, look, I kind of feel like the Rangers would not have made that deal unless they were really confident that they could get a deal done. Sometimes we see the the rights to a pending UFA. Yeah. Those rights are traded before usually July 1st, which is when unrestricted free agency opens. And it's not like the Rangers gave up multiple picks or even a high pick. They gave up a seventh round pick, which is which is fairly standard, I would say, for... Yeah, for acquiring the rights to a pending UFA, but I kind of feel like they were they were going to make sure they got him signed, which is why I was looking a little sideways at at some of these reports about Seattle getting all three players. Yeah, when on you the said that line,
1: when you said that yesterday, I said there's no way that's that's happening i mean i think goodrow was going to sign with the rangers this notion that those three were going to be reunited in some way i mean look none of them may be playing in seattle (laughs) i mean there's a very good possibility that happens too you know dave I, i think when when guys go to free agency it's set up for the player but you oftentimes this the team that goes out and gets a guy for the most part you overpay you just do I mean, that's that's one of the the biggest reasons why a guy selects your team. You know, if it comes down to two teams, maybe in certain instances it's, you know, I've accomplished a lot, I want to win a championship, okay. But in Goodrow's case, he wants to get paid, and I can't blame those guys. But if somebody gave him 3.6 mil per year, I don't care if he was playing in Siberia. You got to take that deal. And I would have stayed away from that deal 100%, and I love Barkley Goodrow. I, I Based the, on
0: the term alone, or you feel the I dollars just think it's, you know, in are today, too
1: high? I, I, I think in today's you shouldn't NHL, say too
0: high, but but relative to the how you need is long, to construct your team.
1: The term is long for the type of game he plays. You always have to look at what that contract's going to look like late. And honestly, for third and fourth liners, I think those guys are interchangeable. I think you can find them. I think there are—it's not to take away from what Goodrow did. As I said before, I, I'd love to have him. Uh, I, I don't want him at six years at 3.6. You know, we just we spent a lot of yesterday's show talking about guys who they have come up through the system who are going to have to take on that role. It, it, it may not be as effective as Barkley Goodrow, but it could be. But it's going to be cheaper. It's going to be a lot cheaper than what you paid him. And I just think, especially when you're the Lightning, and the cap is the way it is, you can't be spending a ton of money on your third and fourth liners, giving them... Long-term deals over a certain amount. Now there are exceptions to the rule. Yanni Gord would be one of them, but you can't have three or four of those guys, not if you're paying those high-end players as well who are on the
0: first and second line. Right, and and Yanni Gord and Barkley Goodrow, while they played on the same line, their history of of being productive offensively is not a carbon not the copy. Same. You know, Yanni Gord has been yeah. a, a multiple 20-goal scorer in this league.
1: Like, with that with that deal, a couple of things stand out, I think, for the Rangers. They may be looking at it like, listen, we've got a lot of skill. We need more sandpaper. Yeah. So let's pay for that. Okay, that's fine. But s- still a 3.6, I think you need to get a bit more offensive production for that deal. Well, maybe not. But I, I look at it, that's a that's a big price to pay for a guy who's gonna be really good on the PK, plays a physical style, can drop the gloves, but may give you what, five or six goals. And I actually think there's more there for Goodrow offensively. I might be in the yeah, minority you, there. You've said that before. I think and there I is a mean little to, bit more.
0: To imply that he was incapable of scoring more yeah. than he has. He's just placed more of a priority, I think. He is on defending. He is. And the Rangers placed the high
1: priority on defending. So they were willing to pay the price. And like I said before, I think ultimately, let's bring this back. You overpay when you go to free agency if you're a team, for the most part. You can get some bargain deals out there, maybe late in the free agent process. But for the most part, you overpay. I think that's a tremendous accomplishment for Barkley Goodrow. Dave, if he plays out even the majority of that contract, he sets himself up pretty good for the rest of his life. Got a couple of Stanley Cup rings to his name. That's a good fit for Barkley Gooder. I think the Rangers are going to really like what he brings to the table. It's just, I think, a little too much. And Julian, I think, knew that. And I I think he looked at free agency, and he can't get into a bidding war. And you especially can't get into a bidding war, Dave, I think, with third and fourth line players who aren't going to give you as much production
0: over the long haul um, as you would need with that type of deal. You know, it's interesting. This was not, I guess it was a transaction because the Lightning traded the rights to Barkley Goodrow. But the Rangers signed him, and that was independent of anything the Lightning did. But it's interesting how the Rangers and Lightning have teamed up on trades fairly regularly over the last several seasons. And you think about the St. Louis Callahan deal, and you think about the McDonough-JT Miller deal, where the Lightning sent trying to remember the exact details of that trade because I think there was a draft pick in there, but they sent two prospects, Brett Howden and Libor Hayek, who were both high picks, one forward, one defenseman. One was protected, one was traded, by the way, recently. And that's where I was going yeah. with this. Isn't it an interesting? And again, the, the Rangers management and coaching staff, for that matter, is different than the group that was in there when that McDonough trade was made. So sometimes with new management comes a different perspective, different priority. And and we didn't see a lot of Brett Howden when the Lightning and Rangers played. They didn't play at all this year. I think he maybe got into one of the games between the teams in the 1920 season before the season paused. But I want to say he was like, you know, a third-line center, which is where Barkley Goodrow is sliding in, presumably, right, for the Rangers. But you go back and look at that trade now. And Larry Brooks did an article about this after the Lightning won the Cup and McDonough had this sensational performance, and and he was talking about at the time of the trade the feeling on the Ranger side was that McDonough was on the decline, and they were getting these two blue chip prospects, Howden and Hayek, and really neither one has worked out. But basically, that's essentially what Larry Brooks. Was was saying in his article, and and certainly they've moved on from Howden. Howden is now a member of Vegas, and Hayek has dropped down the depth chart on D. Whereas Ryan McDonough has had a resurgence, I guess you would say, if you feel that that he he had some struggles in his in his latter time with the Rangers, but some of that was injury related, and some of it was team related too. Like, the Rangers were on the decline as a a franchise in terms of their on-ice excellence because, you know, they got to the Stanley Cup final in 2014. They won the President's Trophy in 2015. Then the next couple of years, you know, they dipped somewhat. And McDonough was not only dealing with injuries, he was also asked to do so much. And he ends up coming to the Lightning, and they they don't need him to do as much. They've got Victor Hedman. They've got Sergachev, And... Clearly, McDonough has thrived with the Lightning and reasonably healthy as well. But how different that trade looks now. And I texted you, Greg, as Vegas was starting to make some moves. I can't remember what day it was, but it was the day I saw they acquired Howden. And they also acquired Nolan Patrick, who was a former number two overall pick. So what happened was the Flyers made a trade with Nashville. They sent Phil Myers and Patrick to Nashville for Ryan Ellis, which is a pretty big deal made. And and then Nashville moved Nolan Patrick to Vegas <coughs> right. for Cody Glass, who was a former first-round pick of theirs from remembering the trade right. And what I said was, you know, here's Vegas. One reason why some of these guys, Howden and and Patrick, were moved to Vegas was that they would have – needed to have been protected by the rangers and the flyers had these deals not been made but vegas is not losing a player in the expansion draft all right so they don't have to worry about protecting players so i'm like vegas again right they're grabbing these players from teams that are like well we can't protect everyone so let's move this player to vegas they don't have to worry about it now it remains to be seen if Patrick and Howden will be everything Vegas hopes they will be. And Vegas did give up something to get these players, right? I mean, maybe the glass deal was was for Howden. I can't remember to which to which team Cody Glass was traded. But he was their he was their first first round selection. Mm-hmm. Vegas has traded their their initial picks from 2017, 2018, and 2019. Glass, Nick Suzuki. And Brandstrom to Ottawa for Mark Stone. They got a lot. I mean, they got Stone and Pacioretty for those other two trades. But it's interesting. It's interesting how teams are figuring out ways to, like, avoid problems, right? (laughs) We, We have too many guys we have to protect, so let's trade this player, whether it's Ryan Graves or Nolan Patrick or Brett Howden. You know, you mentioned. I know, that. I just rambled there, but it's no, interesting okay. that that Ranger Lightning trade from 2018. You know, the Rangers, the Rangers have moved on. It looks like certainly from one player, and and yeah. the other player is 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 still trying to find his his way to the NHL regularly. Ross Colton, by the way, confirmed for tomorrow, so that'll be fun to have right. him
1: on. And uh, appreciate that, Steve. You know, you mentioned the the McDonough trade. I remember a lot of people were up in arms about Brett Howden leaving and how the Lightning, which is t- the, the typical reaction, I think, when something like this happens and you get attached to your minor league system that they gave up too much. That is one of the best trades of all time. I mean, look look at who the Rangers got. I mean, I, I'm pretty pretty sure I can sit here comfortably say that Vlad Nemestikov was the best return they got.
0: Yeah, I forgot about trade. Vladdy, and he wasn't that. there very long either. No,
1: he wasn't. But I mean, And by got, the way...
0: If we, if, we, if we run out this ground ball, the Lightning for JT Miller got a first round pick from Vancouver, and that was the pick that was included in the Blake Coleman trade. You're right about that, Dave. So the reason why the Lightning had two first round picks heading into the 2020 draft, and they traded both of them, they had their own, and they had Vancouver's from the JT Miller trade. They also Which was got, also a cap related move. The Lightning liked JT Miller, but they right. needed to move contracts to to free up dollars, and JT Miller's was the one contract at that point that was that was not limited by a no trade clause. It was going to be kicking in, I think. So they moved right. him to Vancouver. They got a first round pick. Vancouver has been happy with JT Miller. Like he's played well for them. He's a look, he's a good player. He's a good player. He's a very good player. You know, you, you think about like how did the Lightning get Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow? It took two first round picks. They had that second first round pick because they had JT Miller. Yep. They had JT Miller because they made the deal with the Rangers. Think about that trade though; it's a phenomenal deal. It's just a,
1: a it set up Tampa Bay in a lot of ways. By the way, part of that uh, that third round pick that the Lightning got from Vancouver as well, uh, Hugo goal goaltender. Yep. That I'd they like a lot that. that they like, you know, I look, I, you know, how I am about prospects sometimes. I mean, it's I think we all get excited and we just don't know how these guys are going to develop. But a lot of people like what he does and feel like he could be, you know, somebody down the road who could be obviously not a starter for the lightning because of on because of Asi, but maybe a backup and obviously as a as a trading chip. I mean, I think that's what you, you look at those prospects and, and what you want. But what a trade that was. With Ryan McDonough. And we took a lot of Ryan McDonough questions yesterday, Dave, as you can imagine, when we were talking about who Tampa Bay protected and who they didn't. And they were still pouring in this morning. I got a uh, a message. uh, Let me see here from my one buddy. And uh, because I have many, Dave, he said losing Mac would have been devastating. The ability to win one goal games the last two cup runs comes from your back end out. In my opinion, what's that old cliche? Defense wins championships. To which I responded to him. I said, You're, you're absolutely right about defense wins championships. But my, my argument was that third line also played defense. Yeah. Yeah. Defense <laughs> you know I mean? wins
0: championships. But in hockey, it's team defense. Yeah. It's For not sure. just the defenseman.
1: And, and as I made the point yesterday, and I'll stick to it, it doesn't mean I'm right. It's just my, my take on it. You know, they, they had Ryan McDonough before they won back to backs. They won back-to-backs when they had that third line together. I'm not saying that's the sole reason, for sure. A lot of things fell into place, including Ryan McDonough's play. But that third line, the way it was constructed, it, it was almost, Dave, I don't want to use the cliche, lightning in a bottle. I don't know if you can you can find that chemistry all that often, the way the Gord, Coleman, and Goodrow line came together. And it didn't start out that way. You know, it took a, another pause During that pandemic, I think... They
0: decided to move Yanni Gord to center. Yeah. That was one of the decisions they made going into the mini training camp after the pause.
1: Yeah, and I... You know, I I actually think Yanni Gord is your perfect third-line center. I know there's some discussions, maybe more with fans than with media members, maybe even the coaching staff internally. I mean, we have seen Gord play in a top-six role. But I... I think what we saw from that third line, Dave, was that there was just enough skill and a lot of grit that it caused some matchup problems for teams that weren't as deep as Tampa Bay. That was the concern I have. You take away those three guys, what is it going to look like from a a depth perspective and also, too, the way your team is going to want to play because all three of those guys played with an edge, but they had enough skill to keep you honest. Like Blake Coleman's going to get paid in free agency. In large part because I think he's a guy who can play in a top-six role, or at least some teams think he can. You score a couple of 20-goal years for the New Jersey Devils, you know, that that grabs your attention. You know, the Devils haven't been a juggernaut uh, offensively over the years. He did that. Now, he's a little older, but he plays with a lot of grit, as does Gord. Goodra, maybe not as much skill, but certainly a lot of grit there. You have two guys on that third line who who hit 20 goals. That, that's a luxury some teams just don't have. But I think Gord is probably, for me, slotted in the right area, Dave, as a third-line center. I don't know what his production would look like if he moves up in a top-six role, Some that may be, a lot of it, who he's playing with. But I, I felt like it all came together for that third line last year, and everybody was probably in the appropriate spot and got... Just enough playing time to be as effective as they could be.
0: You know, yesterday you, you made this point about the Lightning had McDonough before they won the Cups, but they didn't have the third line. And I said, well, they had Yanni Gord before they won the two Cups. And you said, yeah, but they didn't have the third line. But they're not going to have the third line no matter what. No matter who they decided to protect. That is correct. In the in the Seattle expansion draft, the third line as we knew it is is gone. Gone. Yeah. yeah. But Goodrow was going to the Rangers or going somewhere else. And the expectation is Coleman, as he has earned the right, to sign a free agent contract elsewhere. So I the the notion that the, the third line won the Lightning, the Stanley Cups, and without them, they can't three-peat. The the Lightning are going to have to figure out another solution there, because there was no way they were keeping that third line together. (laughs) And I guess at the end of the day, you kind of go back to what that, that fan wrote you, which is keeping McDonough was the most important priority. And then you put the rest of the puzzle pieces together after that. And I'll say this, like ross colton in the florida series before goodrow came back played with coleman and gord and and they were they were fine like they were not they were not a line that hurt the lightning but they were not at the same level as when goodrow came back i think we can agree on that can't Mm -hmm. we for sure no offense to ross colton but he was put as a new member on that line and it, it maybe would have taken more time than five games which is what they had together and and you remember because we talked about it last week what you said about the lightning when they moved Colton up you said as as compared to Florida you felt like the lightning were more of a three line team so taking Colton off the fourth line had a had a ripple down effect a trickle down effect and a ripple effect on on the lightning's depth so these are real concerns the lane are going to have to address next year regardless of who seattle takes and regardless of any additional moves that they're going to have to make which will add to figuring out a way how to crack this nut
1: you know with but like i said
0: yesterday they have they have a full regular season to kind of figure out different solutions
1: well and you know i was thinking about something you said last night too or yesterday on the show last night You know, if they decide to make a move at the deadline, Dave, it doesn't have to be for an an exorbitant price like it was for Coleman and Goodrow. One of the reasons they paid a steep price is because those those guys still have term on their deal. They could... I know Julian doesn't like to do it, but you might be in a position where you just don't have the assets to go out and get somebody at the trade deadline to fulfill a need and that has maybe two or three years left on their contracts. You may just have to do it you know, a rental for that year. I mean, that that's one way to overcome the system if you don't have the assets. You know, you find a guy and say, all right, look, you know, Gooder and Coleman, they had some first round picks I had to give up and that was a steep price, but I understood what I was getting because they had term. You might not be able to make a deal like that at the yeah. deadline, but you might be able to make a deal for a rental. Yeah. That still provides you some of that grit if that's what you're looking for. But you're just going to have that person for three months instead of for, you know, beyond a year. So that was something I was thinking about. The other thing, too, with Ross Colton, hard to gauge with a rookie. And we don't know who's coming back and who is going to be playing with who. Did you get a feel of, of what you think he could be, Dave, from the limited time we saw him? You know, he's pegged on a fourth line, and I, I thought excelled. But he did show some skill where you, you kind of said to yourself, all right, you know, if he was on the third line, I, I'd be pretty comfortable with that.
0: He had a really impressive NHL rookie season. And it wasn't just that he was productive, which he was, and he scored some big goals, which he did. <laughs> but the elements of his game, I think, are the kinds of, of things that are sustainable. He's a smart player. He's not going to lose that. He's an honest player. He's not going to lose that. By honest, I mean like he, he doesn't take shortcuts. He is a good puck battle winner. He's not going to lose that. He's hard to play against. He's not going to lose that. He's got a sneaky good shot and sneaky good skill. He's not going to lose that. So really it comes down to consistency, and and I thought he had a consistent season as well, but it was short. Like He he didn't play with the Lightning at the start of the year. He came up, his first game was during that four-game-in-a-row stretch against Carolina, which was, what, about a month into the regular season or so? So let's say he played three-quarters of the regular season— and then he was in in the playoffs but that is still a small sample size so he needs to show that he can he can he can at the very least maintain the level that he showed last year but based on how he plays there's no reason to expect that he won't be able to do that and really what you yeah. were asking Greg is there more like is there more that he can provide and i think the answer is yes i mean as his confidence grows there's no reason to believe that he won't be able to do more. There was, I'm trying to remember which game it was, and I don't know if it was when Goodrow was injured at the start of the playoffs or the Lightning just had a lot of guys who were in the penalty box or whatever. But I seem to remember that he took a shift or two on the penalty kill. And if we are if we are operating under the assumption that Goodrow and Coleman – Your top two penalty killers at the forward position are not going to be back next year, and you may be losing another penalty killer, Mm -hmm. whether it's Gord or Kalorn, regular penalty killer. I could see Ross Colton having a regular role, killing penalties. Yeah, because we saw when they when they had some hit, they took a hit to their 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 regular guys on the PK. He was one of the first next up guys, right? Like, okay, Ross, you're out there. And I could see him slotting in to a regular penalty killing role into next year. That would be one way where you might say, how is his role going to increase? And how can he do more to help offset these departures?
1: You know, the other thing too, Dave, I don't know the answer to this. I'm just, I'm asking it out loud to our audience and to you. We had speculated, at least I did, that you know if you include the free agents, you could lose up to five, six players, maybe. On yeah, this including game. the free agents. I that's think that's what I meant. Yeah, that's what the I meant.
0: important for sure. Caveat, I'm, if you I'm want.
1: wondering for a team like this. Now we we could sit there and say they have no choice, but do we really think those guys, the majority of the, those roster spots, are going to re- be replaced with first year players? And I'm trying to think about it logically. Like, I think they'd love Taylor Radish, Boris Kachuk, Alex Barboulet to come in and compete for roster spots. But for a team like the Lightning and the roles those guys are going to fill, could you see multiple players who are breaking into the NHL? Throw Mitchell Stevens in there, even though he's not a rookie, I guess, technically. He's played in a few games. I mean... I do, And this is where it gets back to trading some of your best assets and protecting them during this expansion draft to get NHL players back. I'm not saying those guys I just mentioned aren't NHL players. Some have had a cup of coffee. Some of them are knocking on the door. Some of them, just quite frankly, I think the time is now, and this may be a make-or-break year. You know, throw Jamel Smith in that category. He's an unrestricted free agent. I just i i don't know you know we Julian Breswa one of the reasons Elliot Friedman had said they want to protect Ryan McDonough is because this is a team that feels like they can they can Dave that's what Elliot said I think Julian feels that way I don't it's a bit of a contradiction if that's the case to then fill those vacancies from this off season. With a bunch of Taylor Radishes and Boris Kachuk, So what I'm saying to you is I think one or two of those guys has a chance to make the team. But Dave, that's why I think you're going to still see, for the most part, proven NHLers up and down that roster. It just may come in the form of some trades they make in the off season with some of the forwards they currently have to shed space. But like Ross Colton might be more of the exception. I don't know how many Ross Coltons are going to emerge next year with this team. If you're trying to three Pete, can you do that with more than three or four guys coming in who have very little NHL experience? Maybe you can. I'm not saying you can't. Maybe you can. I'm just curious if one of those guys makes it and the rest is brought through in a trade that they made in the off season or just, they find a guy that has NHL experience but was put on waivers. They sign him to a friendly deal, and and that's who you have. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious what our audience thinks with that. And realistically, when we talk about some of these younger players and the spots open, Dave, I, I just I don't know how realistic it is to think a bunch of them, meaning three or four, are going to crack the lineup to start for a team that's trying to win
0: yeah so again we'll get some clarity on this greg in in the coming days and and weeks but if you figure that at the forward position coleman and goodrow are are not going to be back and let's assume that seattle takes a forward whichever forward Mm -hmm. and then the lightning move another forward i think we had that fan question yesterday and the fan mentioned Johnson to Seattle and the Lightning trade, Kalorn, and Plot, And I'm like, that's actually freeing up probably more money than you need to free up. So maybe you don't need to move three forwards that are in that that salary range. So again, I'm not overly comfortable doing this kind of speculative hypothesizing, but for, for the sake of the show, to the, for the sake of kind of addressing the point you just made, Let's go under the assumption that four regulars at the forward position need to be replaced. And I'm not I'm not taking into account that the possibility that Seattle might take a defenseman. And I'm not accounting for the fact that now that McDonough is protected, David Savard in all likelihood is, is going to be heading elsewhere, and the Lightning are going to have to address his departure as well. So if you're looking at four spots, that's not like six spots, right? And of those four spots, one of them presumably is filled by Matthew Joseph because when Kalorn was injured, right. Joseph came in, right? So Joseph has a lot of NHL experience at this point, and he would be a guy that you would count on. Are we in agreement on that mm-hmm. for next that year? Right. Yeah. I'm not including Colton because Colton was was part of the group that that was playing regularly. So that leaves three. And where are we with Mitchell Stevens? Like Mitchell I don't Stevens, know. I don't but Mitchell know. Stevens has more NHL experience than these other guys that you mentioned. Radish has zero, Kachuk has zero, Barbulet has a handful of games, but Stevens played a fair amount two seasons ago and through no fault of his own, you know, he got hurt in the fourth game of the year. But if if you feel that Mitchell Stevens is still part of kind of where you want to go as as a franchise and, and be a contributor on the ice, then you figure he would take one of those spots too, and then you have two other spots that that you would need to that you would need to address. And maybe you're right. Maybe it is somebody off waivers. They feel is a little bit more NHL experience. Maybe it's maybe it's a free agent. I mean, they got Pat Maroon off the Blues two years ago, just above an entry level number, and. You know, essentially, if you can get a player for under a million, it's not going to be that much more than if you had one of these guys who were, who were making their NHL debut in terms of the dollars. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when you look at it that way, I mean, we're not looking at, like, five players making their NHL debut or, or you know, with fewer than 10 NHL games of experience coming into the lineup. But there will be some, and, and I think just as important – A question to ask is the role that the players took who departed it's not just you're having more inexperienced nhl players coming into your lineup it's that you're asking maybe some of your more experienced players to do more like i was talking about with colton maybe being on the penalty kill and i almost think that's as important a question to ask like Again, for the sake of argument, if Andre Pallad is claimed by Seattle, and this is a hypothetical, like Andre Pallad does a lot for you. Great two-way forward, hard to play against, scores scores big goals, slots in nicely with with Point and Kucherov. Like, how are you going to arrange your lineup to address that departure? Yanni Gordon. You're not, but you're not going to ask Boris Kachuk to do no, that, right? No, you're going to no. ask somebody else to do for that. Sure. That's kind of sure. where I'm going with this. For sure. That's sure. part of the equation, too. Where do you come down on Jamel Smith? I've always liked Jamel Smith. I,
1: I have, too. And, I, you know, Brian Engblom has liked It was interesting. His game. He took
0: warm-ups in that one game. Which game yeah. was it? Game Was it Game 7 against the Islanders? It he took been. warm-ups? It might have been. When it was Kucherov, we weren't sure if Kucherov was going to be able to play.
1: See, I think Smith has shown more for me than Mitchell Stevens.
0: And he has more NHL experience than he some does. of these other guys. That you And
1: mentioned. he's done a little bit more with that tie. He's got 12 goals in 88 games. Not a lot, but enough there to keep you honest. I think he plays with a lot of jam, and I think he is somebody that could fill a role for your team. I just I don't know if they'll bring him back. I mean, there's a guy that's I believe he's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, but he, he may want to go elsewhere too. Well, yeah, he may want to find some playing time. I, I you know, yeah. I don't I don't know, but it's a bit. I, you know what? It is a big year for
0: for a lot of guys, obviously. But one other thing team. I want to bring up. Greg, because we've talked a lot about Ross Colton. He's going to be yeah. joining us, like you said, tomorrow. You know, Colton's an RFA, but he does have arbitration rights. Yeah. And it was that component that led the Lightning to walk away from Carter Verhage good point. last offseason. Yeah, and point. I, they're not going to walk away from Ross Colton. But, like, how much more would Colton get from his entry-level deal based on the fact that he had such a good year? You know what? I mean, could if he, if he decides to go to arbitration, let me ask, and, say and this. they make their case to the arbitrator hey, he scored the cup clinching
1: goal in the Stanley say Cup final. If you're going to get the best deal, now is the time to get it coming off the the year he had. Yeah. There's no better time for him to put
0: himself in that
1: position and make that
0: argument. To but say, do look, you want to do that did. at the expense, and that's probably the right yeah. word to use, of Of what the lightning can do to kind of build their roster, sure. Beyond you, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think we're both hoping Ross Colton's part of that future. Yeah, you know, for an extended
1: period of time because he's been. Well, I think he, I think he will be,
0: unless I mean, unless something happens here that we're not, you know, able to foresee. And you know, Seattle could take him. I mean, he is unprotected. But I wonder if they if they don't take him, and we're just following this this path like it normally unfolds he's an RFA with arbitration rights where is his next contract going to land
1: you know I was thinking about that too if they do take a Colton or a Joseph which I, I don't think they're going to do or even a Kyle Foot, foot maybe hurts a little more in the long run because of the the lack of depth on the back end but but so be it all three of those players provide value I'm wondering if that that I mean you have to be prepared for everything but where we're sitting does that help or hurt Tampa Bay, Dave? Because in some ways, you're you're looking at the expansion draft. And I I want to say that part of the appeal of this is having Seattle take a big contract off your hands, right? I mean, I I think that's fair to say. I mean, you you don't want to lose all of these guys, but if you have to lose somebody, all right, you know, uh, can you can you take this guy who has three years left and at making five mil per year? We don't want to, but all right, we are shedding some salary. You lose Colton or a Joseph or a foot. I mean, what's what's the cap number there? It's under a million. It's not going to really yeah help you. You're losing. You're using a, losing a young player, and I think that would be the biggest the biggest issue. But I'm I, I would we have no way of knowing, David. It's a hypothetical. I'm yeah. asking the question out loud. I'm I'm just curious what the Lightning don't want to lose anybody, but if they had to lose somebody, so to speak, is it somebody with The cap hit or a younger player to keep all those guys still in your your back pocket who make a a lot
0: of money but are better trade assets? The Lightning need to become cap compliant, obviously. If Seattle takes a player with with more dollars, then the task for the Lightning to become cap compliant becomes... A little easier. A little easier or maybe more direct. Because now you have to move fewer dollars. But make no mistake, whoever they lose to Seattle, it's going to hurt. Whether it's an established veteran who's been a part, an integral part yeah, no doubt. of your success, or a younger player that you hope is part of your future and and has contributed as well. That part of it will hurt no matter what. But I go back to what I said yesterday. If Seattle happens to take a player with, with a dollar amount that is lower, I don't think that... Maybe it makes it a little bit more complicated for the Lightning, that they have to make multiple deals instead of potentially one deal. And I don't know if they can get by making only one deal. But if they have more dollars to move out after the expansion draft than less dollars to move out, Mm -hmm. that just means they're going to have to make additional moves. But I don't think that that is prohibitive. I said that yesterday. I think the Lightning, and I'm, I'm basing this on what Julian talked about, he just feels that the trade market this year is way different Yes. during this offseason. And if you have any question about that, just look at at Duncan Keith. Yeah. Duncan Keith got moved to Edmonton. And I would say Edmonton paid a fairly high premium for yep. him.
1: For guys, played a lot, of, yeah. a lot of hockey, for sure.
0: Now, that's one example. Right. You know, former Conn Smythe winner three-time cup champion tremendous resume to a team that that has talked about needing to be better defensively but you know Duncan Keith has a lot more hockey behind him than ahead of him I think that much is clear right and you know I I think there was some talk that Edmonton should have had to pay less basically i mean i don't know i don't know if that's accurate or not but that was some of the that was some of the grumbling i saw from from pundits <laughs> after the trade was made they were a little upset but that's okay i mean yeah. you're, you're gonna have these, these so we're seeing conversations. trades yeah we and, are. and i go back to this like teams are not gonna prioritize well we want to we want to make life more difficult for the lightning so we're gonna ask for the moon to take this player well that's fine until the the team next door comes by and says, yeah, we just want this player. We're not going to ask for the moon. Yeah, not every team is going to have that mindset. They're going to want to a And, and if deal. the team yeah. has that mindset, they're not going to get that player. Well, then they're losing. So really, at the end of the day, it's about, do you want this player? Is this yeah. player going to help your team? Yeah. What are you willing to give up to get him? Yeah. The Rangers wanted Barkley Goodrow. They were willing to
1: pay what they paid. They got their guy. That's... You know, maybe right. not the exact example you're giving, but it turns out somebody you know, wants Goodrow
0: Good No was Goodrow was not working against the Lightning's, you know, cap at that he point. He was not. He was
1: not. But it, it speaks to if you want a guy, you get him. Yeah. He's not gonna play these games where yeah. now is it gonna hurt? Well, and team it's not or like the team.
0: Lightning are in a league with two other teams. Right. <laughs> I mean they're in a They're league. not? Yeah, they're they're not. They're not. There are now with Seattle thirty one other teams. Yeah. And it only takes like two or three of them. To get into, I don't want to even call it a bidding war, but you're a free market guy, Greg. You understand where I'm going with this. Hey, like, hey now, hey now. You know, I competition. Yeah. Competition creates, for lack of a better word, honesty, right? It does.
1: Sports, for the most part, is the ultimate meritocracy, Dave. No, no BS. <laughs> if you can play, somebody's gonna take a take a flyer on you and they'll pay you appropriately it's it's usually held up that way over the years and maybe you get paid a little bit more maybe you don't but for the most part best players are gonna play you're gonna get paid appropriately and you're right competition yeah competition's a good thing and i don't know
0: the exact cap situation for these two teams so i'm just gonna use this as as an example if, if we are in agreement, and they're going to be in separate divisions next year, but if we are in agreement that Vegas and Colorado are the two elite teams still in the West, and Vegas and Colorado both happen to be targeting one of these lightning players yeah. that, that potentially could get traded, don't you think there's going to be impetus for each of those teams to get yeah. that player and have their competition not get that player? No doubt. I mean that's a hypothetical and we don't know if it's gonna unfold that way. But that's how that's how this whole notion of a sweetener can go quickly out the window. Sure.
1: Yeah, and like I said, there's so much we don't know about these trades and what's going on behind the scenes. We're just kind of giving you the the thirty thousand foot view from where we yeah. sit, but we don't have we can't pull back the curtains to see what's what's going on. There could be, you know, three team deals in the works. We just don't know. We'll find out hopefully tomorrow.
0: (laughs) We'll take some questions
1: when we return. We'll take a break. We got some questions and some comments from uh, our audience. Uncle Leo. We're going to start with him when we return. I like that. Uncle Leo. How about that? He's Dave Michigan. Hi, I'm Greg Linelli, Steve Ersnick producing. It's Power Lunch on
0: Lenny Power Play. Lightning fans, the Bolts are back-to-back champs. Score your official 2021 Stanley Cup champions gear by visiting one of our Tampa Bay sports locations at Amelie Arena, International Plaza, or online at tampabaysports.com. Hey, it's Seth Kushner from The Block Party, and our season has come to an end. The only
1: way we know how recently with the Stanley Cup Championship, and I had on the GM that helped put it all together, JBB Julian Brieslaw, We talk about what boat he was on during the parade. Julian breaks down the Dennis Savard trade, and I find out if he's a young gravy fan. That's The Block Party with Seth Kushner wherever you get your
0: podcasts. This is Power Lunch exclusively on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app.
1: We do this show for the people.
0: Yes. For you. Uncle for Leo. You. Uncle Leo, we want You know, I questions. was telling you, the Islanders <laughs> fans call Leo Kamarov Uncle Leo. <laughs> That's a great an name. An homage to Seinfeld. Uh, they were probably call him something else during that Lightning series. <laughs> yeah, he had He right. had some glorious
1: great Uncle
0: Leo. <laughs> yeah. He I still remember the Seinfeld episode where Jerry finds all of these birthday checks from his grandmother Uh that are like $5 each, but he never cashed them. And Kramer (laughs) is like... Your grandmother wants you to cash these checks. He does <laughs> <Leo's> and <laughs> cashes them all at once, and the grandmother doesn't have enough money in the account. So Uncle oh, Leo my. calls Jerry. And it's like she's <laughs> on a fixed income. You can't cash all these. And then Kramer's like, "It's not my fault. Your grandmother's passing know, these bum checks all over town." <laughs> I think
1: this might be a different Uncle Leo. That, that's a was that was that the best sitcom, Dave?
0: I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. A show I don't about know that nothing, everybody right? everybody loved the show as much as I did, but you I'm old enough. Runs? I you know I was watching it when it came out. Like yeah, Thursday right. nights were a big deal. Do you still watch them
1: when they're on? Not the, as much runs? anymore.
0: My yeah. all-time favorite, though, I did play it for for my family. Yeah, and and my kids enjoyed it, especially my son. Yeah. The Marine biologist, one that that one took the cake for me. Yeah, that, was, that was that uh, was like the chef's kiss perfection, yeah. The one where George pretends to be a marine biologist Never. and Kramer <laughs> hits the golf ball <laughs> into the water. George pretends to be a marine biologist uh, to impress a girl. They're walking along the beach and they're like, Oh, what are all these people doing here? And it's like, There's a beached whale. Is anybody here a marine biologist? <laughs> Was he, was he the
1: funniest one for you,
0: George? Or did you? George is pretty funny. George was is a little cringeworthy, which is he a is. good segue to Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is extremely cringeworthy. But, you know, but you the like George character was based yeah. on Larry David. And Larry David embraces cringeworthy very awkward.
1: situations. Very awkward. But is very good. It was very good. Well, speaking of Uncle Leo. Yes,
0: let's get to Uncle Leo's question.
1: This was from yesterday. He said, win with D in goaltending. Easier to replace Gord versus Mac. Also, JBB has to clear about $12 million to be able to fill roster and sign players. This is just the tip of the iceberg. So more of a comment when we were talking about yesterday. Well, tonight. I hope it's not
0: an iceberg and that it's just a tip. Maybe it's like... What are they called? Stalactites? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I hope the Lightning no. are going to have to make like eight moves. Yeah. And I don't think they are. No. But the team will look different
1: next year. Jeff Giorizzo says, let's assume you're going to lose both Gore to McDonough. One in the expansion draft, one in a trade. Which one gets you a bigger return in a trade? I think Mac does, which is why you protect him.
0: The Lightning are not trading Ryan McDonough. No. I don't see that happening. I don't know what you would get from McDonough, though.
1: I just—I don't know. I think that's a hypothetical, and I think he has no trade him. clause. Yeah, I think he's just trying to throw out a scenario there. Term is a big deal in
0: today's NHL.
1: Can be good and bad.
0: I mean, depends. Yeah. I think where you are, age, especially with some uncertainty about the salary cap moving yeah. forward. Like, how long is it going to stay flat?
1: Yeah, and, and you know for I think owners, you know, are are you letting the arena be filled to capacity yeah. or, or not? I think that's always a big deal. Tom Farkas says, "Only way the 7 Ford protection list makes sense to me is if the trade with the Kraken has already been worked out and we know who they are taking and what we're giving up in assets for a TJ trade." Otherwise, I'm scratching my head and other things trying to figure it out. <laughs> Well, I hope you're just scratching your head. for something <laughs> Well, like that. the but
0: trades that were made with Seattle will be announced on Wednesday night. At yeah, what the time same is? is that? Eight o'clock. As the yeah. roster. I is
1: wonder announced. if we're going to start to get leaks, Dave. Well, some of
0: the players are going to Seattle, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they are. Which happened yeah. in in, in Vegas. The Vegas situation too. Yeah.
1: That's why we may have breaking. We'll probably
0: up. we'll probably get some leaks.
1: Noel Time says, Greg, if Seattle takes Gord and there is not a side deal for TJ, I think that means the cost to move TJ is prohibitive. He needs to play center. Thoughts on TJ as Tampa Bay's third line center next year would need center depth with Gord gone.
0: Well, Joe had an article. Joe Smith had an article last week, I think, that that cover a lot of topics and he had some speculation from some leak sources that Johnson could be on the lightning at the start of next season and if that's the case it sounds like the lightning are committed to keeping him at center they may have Johnson and Gord though I wonder what type of year Johnson
1: would have Dave and again some of this who's who is he playing with What's his mindset? But I, I wonder if, if he does finally get some clarity that he is back with the Lightning after they had to move some other pieces. Does he feel right. a bit better about his situation being in Tampa Bay? He can put whatever happened the last year or so behind him, look at it and say it was just business. I played well. And honestly, if I play center as opposed to wing, I'm okay with that. I actually feel motivated a bit more than what I was playing on a wing. I mean you could that you know look that that's an X factor Dave I mean you could get a Tyler Johnson resurgence if he does play center and not wing for your team if he do, if he does come back. We just don't know. But it's an interesting thing to think about. Allison says very disappointed they did not protect Gord. He's a huge part of the team and we love him here in Tampa hoping we don't lose him. He is well, look, I think, well, look, I think that we
0: tried to, because now we've had a couple of comments where the, the head scratching comment and it sounds like Allison would have gone seven, three and one if it were up to her and, yeah. and exposed McDonough. And it's possible the Lightning do have a side deal in place that we don't know about. But I think that we we tried to spell this out yesterday and you were you were very consistent, Greg, both before the list came out and then yesterday, too, after it came out, that if you were in charge, you would have gone a different direction. Yes. and and you made the case for that but you also said really there there's no way to fault any decision that that was made correct because there's no perfect solution and so if i can summarize best i can and i and again this is this is kind of going off of what we said yesterday it's not like we got this specifically from the lightning on <laughs> Julian pre-spot but the Lightning are serious about three-peating, and if you are serious about three-peating, you need Ryan McDonough. If you protect Ryan McDonough, or the cost to have Seattle not take Ryan McDonough was, was, was prohibitive, so you felt like you absolutely needed to protect McDonough for that reason. Like, that's the first that's the first building block. We want to win another cup, and Ryan McDonough is integral to that. So let's, let's make sure we keep McDonough, and we can't do a trade, so we're going to just protect McDonough. You're only losing one forward. That's part of it, too. Now, you may need to make additional moves, but Seattle can only take one forward. And at the risk of repeating myself, which I said a lot yesterday, we do not know that Seattle is going to be taking Yanni Gord for reasons that we spelled out yesterday. Yeah, his term is longer than the other forwards. And Seattle may not be interested in taking on a four year commitment. Maybe they will, but from the lightning's perspective, you're only losing one. And the reality is, and you just said this, Greg, that finding for lack of a better term, like a mid range forward a third line forward, if you will, a bottom six forward, or even a a floater forward that can move up and down your lineup. But we're not talking about Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, Sidney Crosby, Nick Backstrom. I mean, Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, yeah, right, right. Nathan McKinnon. Like, we're not talking about players like that. We're talking about a, a tier below the superstar forwards. Generally it is more manageable to supplement your roster with forwards and harder to do with those elite defensemen, which is why David Savard was really expensive to get as a rental last year. The Lightning were willing to pay that price. But if you think about it in those terms, I don't think that this is head scratching. I think that this is figuring out the best way out of a out of a not a great situation because there's no best way but the the better way to try and manage filling the holes that are going to be left at certain positions
1: so I'm and gonna, you also feel that you right. have
0: some guys at forward like we mentioned maybe Colton plays in a in a bigger capacity next year with with more responsibility you really like what you saw from Matthew Joseph maybe you really happy with what you saw from Barry Boulay. And, yeah, you know, the reports from Syracuse so that Radish and Kachuk were great this year. And maybe you're like, you know what? We're going to go with these guys, and if we need to address it midseason, we'll address it then. But keeping McDonough was at the top of the list. Tomorrow, I am going to
1: tell you who I think Seattle will take. But I will say this. I Are think...
0: you going to tell that to Ross Colton? <laughs> <I'm>
1: <laughs> Ross kidding. is protected. Ross is protected.
0: Ross is not going not. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah.
1: I think the way Tampa Bay did their protection list, let me just make this comment. Tampa Bay makes a side deal. I think they have to. Because there's too many good forwards who I think you can
0: get a really good return in a trade that are left exposed. But therefore, it would be a side deal for Seattle to take someone, not to leave someone alone. Correct. Like, because because as we talked about yesterday, like the cost of saying don't take this player because I want to move him. Correct, That cost will be greater than what you'll get probably yes.
1: for that. Which player is why I turn. which is why I had said consistently, seven three, one, protect the forwards, Dave, that I had told you on this show who I would have protected. You lose a good player, but this is about replenishing. And getting maybe a cheaper third and fourth liner or a defenseman. But I'll, I'll tell you tomorrow who I think Seattle will take. And I think for the Lightning, that's a bigger deal from the standpoint. I think he's the one guy that could have given you a lot back in return. But we'll get into that tomorrow. We'll do a little tease. Last question, more of a comment. Jason says, Greg, bottom line, is we're at the cap with long-term IR today with three restricted free agents and need another D, a backup goalie, et cetera. We need Seattle to take a $5 million contract, and we likely need to trade another one away to fill the holes.
0: Well, I agree with the end part of that. I don't agree that they need to take a $5 million player, but if they take a $5 million player, I think the Lightning probably are looking at one more D, y'all. I would agree. Unless I'm way off on the dollars or unless the Lightning are looking at adding salary elsewhere, in which case they need to offset that. Yes. But, you know, the long-term injury, like that long-term injury is, is going away. I, I guess the, the fan was talking about where they are currently today. But, you know, the contracts of Gabrick and Nielsen are, are, are done, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Kucherov is no longer on long-term injury. So it's really just about becoming cap compliant and all the injured guys with with a nod a sarcastic nod to all of the snide remarks about the Lightning have these injured players they're going to put on long-term injury until the playoffs next year all these injured players are going to be ready for training camp it sounds like Hedman being the longest recovery and his was only going to be three to four weeks right so the rest of it like you know he mentioned the three RFAs I mean, the the one the one that that may create a little bit of a squeeze could be Colton, depending on how that negotiation goes, because he has arbitration rights. But you know, talking about replacing replacing a D like Savard is probably going to be going, but you know, they could resign Luke Shen. You do have Calfoot that you. That you worked with last year. I think the Lightning were pleased with Ben Thomas. I mean, they have guys internally that can that can play at the NHL level, and they re-signed yes, they Frederick Clayson, who's a yes, lefty. Yeah, but They've I mean, some so I think that that fan crammed a lot into that into that message. Nicely done, by the way, with with the limited character Well done, Jason. Well done. Well done, Jason. But I think the the biggest concern remains: who are you losing at the forward position, and how, and in what ways are you going to find replacements? Yes, both in terms of new players, new regular players, and the existing players that may need to do more. And we
1: just don't know that answer yet,
0: right? But we will.
1: All right, partner. Tomorrow's a big day. We got Ross Colton yeah. on. Expansion drafts taking place, and uh, a lot of things to talk about this year. Yeah, week and your big,
0: your big unveiling. Yeah, I'll
1: tell you who I think they take.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you who I think they take. The decision want, by the decision. Greg Lanelli.
1: That's right. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait for it. All right, partner. We'll do, it to, we'll do it again tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks to Steve Irving. Thanks to you for listening. Hit us up on Twitter at Bolts Radio, at Greg Linnelli, or at Dave Michigan. You've been listening to Power Lunch on Letting Power Play.